Good morning, good morning, good morning. Thank you all for joining us this morning. This gift of life. Sometimes we just need to pause and thank God for the gift of life. Because I want you to know that everybody that laid down last night did not wake up this morning. So this morning we want to say thank you, God. Thank you, oh God, for this gift of life. That is my prayer this morning. Thank you, God, for this gift of life. Amen, amen, and amen. I want to get right into the word of God this morning. Our sermon topic is the rules of the game. The game of life begins in our mother's womb. Our genes help to shape and mold us into the pieces we become on the board game of life. A gene is the basic physical and or functional unit of heredity shared through a common ancestor. For example, if both your parents have green eyes, you might inherit the trait for green eyes from them. Or if your mother has freckles, you might have freckles too because you inherited the trait of freckles from your mom. Before we learn our names or even how to speak, there are some things that are inherently imposed on our game boards. But it's up to us to learn the rules of how to utilize the pieces given us to play in this game of life according to the mandate of God. All my life, I was told that I looked just like my dad. I remember as a kid, I didn't think of that as being flattering at all. After all, my thought was, I'm a girl and he's a man. I didn't understand that the reference being made was referring more to the likeness of my dad's physical image than the identical characteristics of his image. Genes are incredible. Not only can they shape our physical appearance. They can dictate our characteristics as well. I am one who has always been impatient, wanting everything right now. I had family members that blamed that on me being an only child and being spoiled, but I realized that it was also a characteristic of my dad's as well. And he wasn't impatient because of his being spoiled as a kid. He was likely more impatient because of growing up on the rough side and often without the very things that we take for granted. Now, I didn't inherit much of my mother's physical appearance, but I certainly inherited some of her characteristics. Busyness being one. My mom had to always be doing something. Even if we were sitting down watching television, she would have to be hemming some pants, fixing somebody's hair, or organizing some papers. She just could not sit idle. And I catch myself doing the same things. Regardless of who you came into this world looking like, regardless of whose characteristics you have genetically inherited, God wants us to make an intentional effort to allow his image to be what drives, moves, and directs us. In Genesis 1.26, the scripture tells us that God created us in his image and in his likeness. Yes, our tendency 
may be to act according to our genetic influences. But just know, because we were shaped and molded in the image and the likeness of God, and by God, in us, we store all that pleases him. We just have to be intentional about letting the godliness that dwells in us prevail. As I mentioned earlier, impatience was a characteristic of my dad's. One that he struggled with and one that was also in another sense a blessing because of how he used it. From the outside looking in, my dad's lack of patience made him sometimes come off cold or disruptive. However, that same lack of patience made him one who was very respectful of time. And anyone could count on him being where he said he would be at the time that he said he would be. His lack of patience also made him always want to get to the point. He had no tolerance for smoke and mirror and cutesy words and flop. He was impatient with the things of the world, but his faith made him patient concerning waiting on God. Now my mom and her busyness, it seemed like she rarely slept. She thrived in her busyness when she was helping this one do that or that one do this. I remember as she was approaching her death. She was in the hospital and I was at the house and packing up her things and I picked up her Bible and tape in the inside back cover of her Bible was a sheet of paper with at least 75 names with no exaggeration. And at the top of the list, she wrote prayer lists. And I remember wondering, now, did she literally call out each of these names when she prayed or did she just lay her hands on the list and pray for them in a group? I don't know. But I also remember thinking, is this why she stayed so busy? Because she truly grasped the scripture which lets us know that faith without works is dead. So she didn't just pray for people, she made herself accessible to God for him to use her to be a blessing to others. You do know that God uses people to bless people. And at her funeral, my suspicions were confirmed. As pastor after pastor, minister after minister, shared stories of how she helped shape and lay the infrastructure for their church. How she was a sounding board, how she was an advisor, even a counsel to some of the members, and how she was willing to always volunteer to help them reach whatever goal they had set. Now, mind you, my mom had a church home, but it didn't stop her from helping other churches. It didn't stop her from being sound counsel to those who attended other churches. We have to recognize that when it comes to the kingdom of God, there should be no competition. We are all supposed to be on the same mission, which is saving souls. Now, please know I have not shared these stories about my parents because they were perfect by no means. Because I could share some other stories with you which could, would confirm their imperfections. My point of sharing these stories with you this morning is because of the commonality that we share with my parents, as most of our game boards are not really that different. 
We live in a society where there is no patience and where busyness reigns supreme. We just have to take what is a natural tendency and make it work for the kingdom of God. God knows that we're not perfect, but our imperfection, our game pieces have some boundaries and regulations in place in regards to how we move them so that even our imperfections give God glory. I'm one who used to be very impatient when I was in the world, extremely impatient, because I wanted what I wanted, and I wanted it now. And my focus was on material things, competing with looking a certain way, and, and having certain things so that I could be accepted by the world's standards. I remember a time when my lack of patience had me so consumed that I had no problem paying more for what I wanted if I could get it when I wanted it. I would obligate myself and max out lines of credit with astronomical interest rates because I wanted what I wanted and I wanted it then and there. Lack of patience provokes us to move, act, and react without any regard for wisdom, without praying. Because if truth be told, when we are consumed with impatience, we don't want to hear from God. We don't want to hear from anyone with a sense of reasoning that will steer us away from what we have focused our minds to have. I worked in the mortgage industry for almost 20 years of my life and in, in the stock industry about 10 years and stopped trying to figure out my age. I started working when I was six. <laughs> Truth is, I know the two markets that impact the economy the greatest very well. And even with my knowledge of the trends of the market, it didn't always prompt me to make wise choices. Why? because I was consumed with the lack of patience. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but I feel that there's someone who needs to hear this. That house that you're wanting to buy, you're buying at the top of the market. You're going against how this game is to be played. The game of finance, the game of investment is that you buy at the low and you sell at the high. If you're buying now, you're buying at the top of the market. And since the pandemic, you are now chasing interest rates as well. Be still. Be patient. Markets fluctuate. And only those who are impatient and walk against the words of wisdom are willing to pay more unnecessarily. They're not going to stop building homes. Trust me, they won't. In Luke 6 and 10, it tells us about being faithful and, and being good stewards over our money. And it says, when you cannot be trusted with little, who can trust you with much? In other words, when you are faithful, meaning when you make wise choices and you, and you take the time to evaluate the choices that you are making, 
What you are doing is you're setting yourself up for God to entrust you with even more. Wisdom and patience are partners in fruitfulness. Am I the only one who has allowed anxiousness to dispel wisdom? Lack of patience has caused me to take what was an infatuation and label it something else. I couldn't wait to see the outcome. I couldn't wait to let it manifest and show itself. I knew what I wanted, so I rushed the process. Am I the only one who's done this? Lack of patience will lead you down roads that appear smooth, but end up a rocky dead end. In Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7, the scriptures tell us, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your requests be known to God. The scripture goes on to say, and the peace of God, the peace of God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Anxiousness is genetically related, related to impatience. When we become anxious about something, prayer is not a notion. Trust me, I've been there. When we become anxious about something, we tend to steer away from all wise counsel. How many times have we intentionally made decisions without asking someone we knew was experienced and had the knowledge regarding this matter, but allowed our desires and our lack of patience to guide our decisions? I want to be completely transparent with you this morning. God has been dealing with me heavily concerning my level of patience. It's not where it used to be, but it's not where God wants it to be. We all are a work in progress. What we, we have become accustomed to prioritizing what has no significant value when you compare it to the bigger picture that God has in place. I've come to realize that the things, even the titles that make us the most anxious are most times distractions from what we really need. Just smoke screens to keep us tied and obligated to stuff to keep us tied and obligated to status and imagery, designed to keep us busy, consumed and shackled to the principles of the world, which were never designed to satisfy, but to keep us always desiring more. The pandemic left us with some of us still working from home. We're spending an average of 40 hours more per week in our own homes. But some of us are still stressing about having the latest car in our driveways, about having the latest fashions hanging in our closets. For what? Because we have adopted the mindset of being validated by things. Our status is based on not only what we can afford, but what we possess. So because we can't afford it or because we have lines of credit, we spend, spend, spend anxiously to consistently validate ourselves. And the more we have, the more we have to work. 
and the busier we have to keep ourselves to sustain what we have obtained. When patience will get you the things your heart desires at a lower cost monetarily, mentally, physically, and spiritually. Maybe some of you are not quite grasping what I'm saying, so I'm going to break it down into something that you can understand a little bit better. I'm going to give you an example. When you buy an item for $1,000 on a credit card with 24% interest rate and make $50 a month payments on that card, it will take you approximately 20 months to pay off that balance. At the end of 20 months, you will have spent a total of $1,400 for that $1,000 item. Whereas if you would have just waited, the item would have likely went on sale and marked down to on an average of 40% in two months' time. Even if you use the same credit card with the same 24% interest, still paying $50 a month, you would have paid it off in 12 months and would have only paid $744 total for that $1,000 item. I didn't mean to turn this into a finance class, but all of that finance experience and retail experience rolls up in me. And I pray that this resonated with someone today because finances is a huge part of the games that we play in this game of life. But more importantly, it is imperative that we understand that the principles of the word of God are consistent. The principles of the word of God are true. The principles of the word of God can be used in every aspect of our lives. If we let it be our guide, if we listen to the word of God and not allow anxiousness to consume us, if we follow the word of God, we will become better stewards over the provisions that God has provided for us. But again, anxiousness and lack of patience is a setup for bigger distractions. Distractions that shackle our minds, our time, and keep us out of communion with and the will of God. The word of God is essentially saying to us, have patience. Play this game of life according to the rules mandated. Just like God had plans for Jeremiah, he has plans for us. And the same words that he spoke to Jeremiah in the 29th chapter, starting around the 11th verse, applies to us. The words say, for I know the plans that I have for you declares the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. God wants his children to have the best, to be the best, to operate at their best for two reasons. The first one being because he loves us just that much. The second reason why he wants us to have the best and operate at the best because he understands the mindset of the world and he understands that the world's attention draws to what they can see as being the best. Consult God. Wait on him. 
patience will get you what you want and take you where you want to go without burdensome struggles. Now I want to talk to you briefly about our struggle with busyness. The problem is most of our busyness is deemed as unproductive in the eyes of God. Some say, I'm, I'm busy because I'm earning a living, and I get it. And even in 2 Thessalonians 3 and 10, the scripture tells us, the one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. So I get it. What God has been dealing with me about is how busyness will have you making a lot of moves, a lot of noise, and in some cases, even a lot of money. But now, if you truly believe in God, now if you don't, I may need to talk to you a little bit later and have a little sidebar conversation. But if you truly believe in the word of God, what good is all of this busyness if none of it is sown for the kingdom of God? In Mark 8, 36, it asks a very important question. For what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his soul? We have become so consumed with obtaining stuff, maintaining positions and statuses that we brag about being busy. We don't even feel that we have been productive unless we are completely exhausted at the end of the day. We started today off listening to the song, This Gift of Life. God's gift of life was never designed to exhaust us. We are busy and exhausted because we are playing this game of life by the rules of the world, prioritizing what the world says we should prioritize, not what God mandates that we prioritize. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and his righteousness, and all these things, and all these things will be added to you. Again, God is trying to tell us if we play this game of life by his rules, we will have the desires of our hearts with less busyness, more peace, and the jewel of rest and relaxation. Now, I don't know about you all, but sign me up for that. A person that brags about their busyness likely thinks that they look or are deemed important, but that is a person that is less likely to be walking in the mandate of God. That is a person who is likely very disconnected from God's purpose for their lives. Please don't misunderstand what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about attending church more. I'm not talking about dialing into more prayer lines. I'm talking about shifting your mindset to the priorities of God. I'm talking about making time to study the character of God. I'm talking about molding your actions and reactions in every aspect of your life to align with the principles and the standards of God. This is where patience and busyness collide for the glory of God. When we begin to prioritize the things of God, our patience increases because our faith in God strengthens and the things and the ways of this world become more and more insignificant. It is our shift in our priorities 
that will also shift the climate of our busyness. Because our priority becomes doing everything as unto God. When we set out to do everything as unto God, we have the ability to shift the atmosphere in our workplaces, to shift the atmosphere in our businesses. We can then also shift how we act and react to difficult situations. And when we exalt godliness in all we do, shutting down complaining, abolishing attitudes of greed and hierarchy, we then will draw unto ourselves the blessings and favor of God. In James 4 and 8, the scripture reads, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Meaning when we shift our mindsets and priorities from aligning with the sins in the hearts and the hypocrisy of this world, God will draw nearer to us. And how can you be anything but blessed when God is drawing nearer to you? And I hear some of you still out there saying, okay, Pastor, all of this sounds really nice and really fluffy, but I still need to make a living. I get it. I understand. I eat groceries and I have bills to pay too. What I'm trying my best to get you to understand this morning is when the will and the ways of God become your priority, the weight that you carry to obtain and maintain lightness. Grace stands taller in your life. You will obtain more with less. You will begin to walk in the favor of God, meaning you will have access to things you never earned. You will have access to things you never could afford. Doors will be open for you you never knew were even there. Yes, you will still have some busy days. Yes, there will be days when things may frustrate you because we are imperfect beings living amongst other imperfect beings. What I assure you is when the word and the way of God becomes the most important thing to you, your joy will trump your frustration. Wisdom will annihilate worry and the favor of God will cover everything you set out to do. I'm not telling you what I heard or even what I've read. I'm telling you what I know what has been tried and tested in my life. In this season of God dealing with me concerning patience and busyness, I've learned to be patient when it comes to taking everything to God in prayer and allowing his word to be my guide. It has become evident to me that my faith is shown in my ability to be patient, in my ability to wait on him, in my ability to have faith that he is going to come through. At the same time, I have come to realize that God has also caused me to be impatient concerning tolerating the things that displease him. See, as we are less tolerant of the things that displease God, we close the door to Satan's deceptions and manipulations. And as I prioritize the will and the ways of God in my life, the busyness concerning my obligations in the world, of which we all have, has lessened. I can testify 
that over the last six to seven months, God has made some major changes in my life. Changes that anyone would have forewarned me about. I would have declared that these changes would take me out. That these changes would have left me homeless and destitute. All but God. See, we all position ourselves to be blessed. But are you prepared to position yourself to stand the test? God has shown me his favor. My faith has been tested and God has allowed situations to occur where all I could do was trust him. In James 4 and 10, the scripture tells us to humble ourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. Through the trials and the tribulations that I have endured over just the last six and seven months, I stood and I still stand firm on trusting him. When I can't see my way, when there seems to be no way, I remain determined to keep his ways, his word, his plans, his wisdom and his character in the forefront of my life. And God keeps showing up and showing out, not just meeting my needs, but superseding my needs, providing for me more than I needed, more than I asked him for. I'm calling on each and every one of you listening to me right now to guard your patience, to realign your busyness and let everything genetically in you bow to the will of God. I promise you, if you begin to pay, play this game of life according to the rules of God, you will win with less effort. Let us pray. Father God, in the name of your son, Jesus, every inherited and learned trait in us, we lay at your feet. And we bow to your will. We bow to your way. Lord, we acknowledge that it is you who created all life. It is your plans and your way that is best. You are the creator. You are the designer. You are the builder. And we will uphold and utilize the manual you have given to guide and direct our paths. Lord, strengthen us in our will. Strengthen us, O oh God, in our minds that we remain beholding to our faith in you. We give you glory, O oh God. We give you praise. We give you honor. Amen, amen, and amen. I thank you again for joining us today. We encourage you to join us for our live Bible study on Wednesday nights. It's open mic. We have a good time. We answer questions. We communicate and we talk. It is a glorious time in the word of God. I also invite you to visit our website at www.bibledeliverance.org. On our website, you can submit biblical questions. You can also submit a prayer request. And if God has placed it on your heart to sow into this ministry, you can also do that on our website, www.bibledeliverance.org. I'll go, I'll follow where you lead.